Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Uh, yeah, food sounds fabulous, but uh, boy, the price tag for all the stuff that you're just thinking about there is, uh, well, it's rising at an incredible rate, and most Canadians are starting to notice it now. I mean, you know, you'd see a, an odd little bump in prices at the grocery store, and it's an inconvenience. Now it's, for many people, becoming a, a real problem. And that's been validated by a study that was done uh, by uh, the folks at Dalhousie University. They've understood now that a majority of Canadians think that food prices are actually rising faster than household income. And uh, they're right. Joining us to talk about this is uh, Sylvain Charlebois, who is the lead researcher and professor at Dalhousie University. Professor, thank you for the time. Glad you could join us today. Not a problem. You've uh, you've validated and I think underscored what a lot of us have been feeling for the last little while. The prices are rising uh, and it's it's becoming problematic for a lot of Canadians. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, well, we were uh, aware that Canadians uh, uh, didn't notice that prices, uh, food prices uh, were going up. But uh, we didn't expect uh, that kind of result. Uh, in fact, so we did ask Canadians whether or not they felt that uh, food prices were rising much faster than their own income. Eighty, 87% of Canadians actually believe so which is uh, much, much higher than we were expecting. And so uh, what, th- what this means essentially is that there is a growing number of consumers that are walking into a supermarket or a grocery store feeling a little bit more vulnerable financially as a result of what's been happening the last few years. Well, I'm a bellwether for you, Professor, because I mean, <laughs> I'm one of those guys that always walked into a store. If I needed bread, I'd get bread. I didn't pay much attention to what it costs or anything else. I needed, I got that. Now I'm paying attention because you start looking and say, whoa, really for that? Uh, and and you, yeah. it's it's becoming an issue now for an awful lot of people. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think you're doing it. Uh, you've been doing it for a while to educate yourself. Uh, yeah. Probably for the longest time you had no idea how much red costs or carrots or tomatoes or anything like that so and now you're starting to create um generate some mental benchmarks uh, for yourself uh, in your mind as you walk into a grocery store so you'll you'll have an idea how much you should be paying for uh say tomatoes or cucumbers in april versus october and as as we talk more about food prices, uh, you are going to have a much more educated marketplace. But there are still a staggering number of people who show up at the grocery store without a strategy. They well, just show up, and and there's there's no information. They have no information. They have no list. They have no discipline, and and that's how you basically end up spending way more than than what you're supposed to. Well, and exactly, and you start looking at your bank account and say, how come it's costing me more than and and you, with. This report, you've actually kind of boiled this down to a mathematical exercise. I mean, uh, the 1.9% food prices rose 3.7%, but the cost of living, inflation rather, was 1.9%. So it's, it's almost double. Uh, eventually, that's going to catch up with us. Absolutely. So for the last three years, uh, the food inflation rate in Canada has exceeded the actual general uh, inflation rate. And 2020 is likely not going to be different. And so, uh, so uh, that adds up. And so that's why people are starting to see a huge difference and they're starting to be a little bit more careful. Uh, what, was, uh, what was neat with this survey, and, and as you probably know, uh, we actually have published Canada's food price reports for the last decade, but we've never actually surveyed Canadians uh, about, about what they intend to do to offset the effects of food inflation. So we asked them, well, what's, what are you going to do to save money? And so we got some interesting results. Such as? Well, the, guess what the number one answer was when it's 
when, when, it, when it came to saving money. Eat less. <laughs> well, second. <laughs> well, I, well, first is I know dining out is something that is... Uh, dining out is actually what was the number one. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, what I figure. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm sure there's a lot less of that going on now. Yeah, of course. I think everyone promises, uh, promises themselves to eat less the following year, but that never lasts. After January, you go to the gym, and then after a couple of weeks, you're done, <laughs> unfortunately. But eating out really, uh, I mean, it's 36% of your budget, and that percentage is growing every single year. And so if you can actually cut back on eating out, uh, that's great. But here's the deal. If you don't eat out as much, guess what needs to happen? You need to cook more. Mm-hmm. You need to process more foods at home. And uh, for cooking, you need two fundamental things. You need time and knowledge. And for a lot of people, uh, they don't have either. Exactly. And so that's going to be challenging. Exactly. Uh, and, and therein lies the problem. I mean, that's, you know, the old adage, you know, fast food. That's what we like about this. I mean, we're, we're in an, uh, an instant society now, aren't we? We want to eat dinner. I don't want to take an hour and a half to cook dinner. I just want to eat something now and get back to what I was doing. Exactly. The average family will spend about 15 minutes preparing dinner uh, on average, whereas 20 years ago, it was more like 30 to 35 minutes. You can see that really we have less time to spend in the kitchen. So whatever you're trying to do in the kitchen, it has to be simple. Uh, It has to be quick as much as possible. You have screaming kids perhaps around you. Uh, wanting to actually be fed before going to a hockey game or whatever you're doing. So it really, our modern lifestyle is, is, is changing our expectations. I don't think there's anything wrong with doing all the things we're doing, but it doesn't come at a cost when it comes to the kitchen and cooking. Well, we get nailed by that, don't we? As you say, the lifestyle. I mean, if you've got small kids, I mean, it's uh, soccer practice or hockey practice or, or any number of different things that they could be doing It's at a rec center. Uh, then, you know, there's the, the yoga classes and what else is going on. Maybe you're taking night courses. We don't do much sitting down as a family you now and saying, okay, let's prepare a big meal. Maybe maybe on a Sunday. I mean, that used to be the big day when we were kids. Uh, there would exactly. always be a, a night. But we don't, we're just so busy now with all these sorts of things that we're looking for something quick. Exactly. In, in, in one week from today, I would bet you there are a lot of people who will receive a cookbook as a Christmas gift. Uh, I, would, I, would, I would certainly be curious to know how many will actually read the cookbook, let alone use it. <laughs> That's good. So the cookbook sales are actually breaking records these days. Uh, all, the, all publishers will tell you if you want to actually publish a goldmine, Publish a cookbook. I know. Nobody but, uses them. Well, <laughs> but they look great on the shelf. Uh, the other element to this, too, though, is, is you know, we've, I think all of us tr- try anyway uh, to, to eat properly and, you know, nutritious foods as opposed to the junk food, et cetera. But some of the highest price increases, according to this, are actually with fruit and vegetables, a 7% increase over last year. That's, that, that's substantial. Yeah, and people noticed. So the three categories that have attracted a lot of attention and, and prices are quite volatile. Uh, for fruits, vegetables, and, and meat products. In fact, uh, in, in our report this year, we are expecting, we are forecasting meat prices to go up by as much as 6%. So meat lovers out there, uh, be very careful, be very diligent. I mean, there are sales every single week. You just need to notice them and, and be careful when you actually visit the meat counter. 
Well, and they're, in, I mean, it, part of it's our climate, I guess. I mean, we have a pretty short growing season here. I think a lot of us like this this concept of earth to table. In other words, if you're going to buy vegetables or even fruit, uh, you want to buy it locally. You want, you know, so, and, and that's supposed to, uh, I, I would think, give you a lower price because obviously the transportation costs aren't factored in as much as if you're getting your tomatoes from Mexico or someplace else. But it, it doesn't seem to be that much of a bargain anymore. You're still paying a substantial amount of money for them. Boils down to competition and and context and and seasons and I mean there, there's still a lot of people out there who don't even know uh, what's in season, mm-hmm. <laughs> like from from April to say fall, uh, October, November. I mean there are products that are in season that you can buy at a bargain, but they don't know. I, I mean grocers are starting to be uh, more cognizant uh, of the fact that people are trying to save money and, and also they're trying to save uh, the environment or help the environment. Um, for example, uh, both Sobeys and, and Metro uh, have launched an app or, or partnered with an app called Food Hero and Loblaw partnered with uh, Flash Hero. You can go online, you can go and use these apps, bid for food that are about to expire. You can save anywhere between 25 to 60 percent and so instead of actually going into a store and go to that dodgy corner of the store where there's a our shelves with products that are about to expire and it shows 50 percent off you can do it online and bid for these products as a at a a discount yeah i mean that used to be the old trick going on there yeah you get the dented cans or whatever it was and you get a few bucks off that's a and that was one way to do it uh, what, what about the other option that I, I'm, I'm hearing from an awful lot of people, and this is just anecdotal. I mean, you've done the research on this stuff, Sylvain. Uh, of, of I mean, instead of going to some of the, the bigger stores, the, the, the discount grocery stores uh, seem to be a lot busier than they used to be. They, they're, they're looking for that, you know, that little edge to save even a buck or two. Oh, absolutely. I mean, even dollar stores are making a buck, no pun, uh, selling food. Did you know that dollar stores in Canada are selling for over $2 billion worth of food now in Canada? Wow. It's, it's unbelievable. And that's growing by about 5 to 6% a year now. And so people are looking for different places uh, to, to get a bargain. That's, that's, and, of course, uh, discount stores are becoming more and more popular as well, in particular in Ontario, by the way. Ontario uh, is filled with bargain hunters, uh, very active bargain hunters. What about coupons? I mean, a lot of people used to use those. Are they, are they back in vogue now because of this? They're in, vogue, they're in vogue in some parts of the country, particularly in Quebec. What I would say to your listeners, don't be shy. Use them. They're, it's free money. And, uh, and all you need to do is to do your homework before you show up at the store and you use them on sites. There was a, a lady I actually spoke to last week. She showed up at a, at a pharmacy to buy food and different products. Uh, the bill that she had to pay was $805 using a coupon. She only had to pay $3.03. Wow. And on top of that, uh, some uh, loyalty points were added to her card. <laughs> yeah, because but we can save a lot of money. But a lot of people are getting into that right now. I mean, you know, you buy gas and you get a coupon for a discount or you know anything. I guess so. They're, they're working collaboration with each other now to try to, uh, to to drag those consumers in. But you've got to be loyal to that brand, I guess, if you're going to take advantage of that. Exactly. There is a myth out there saying, well, the the, the extreme couponing phenomena is an American one only. 
It's not. You can actually do it. If you actually tool yourself correctly, you can do it in Canada as well. So we're stuck with the rising prices. That's not going to go away. And I, I know that I'm, I'm going to get emails already and say, see, that's that carbon tax again, which does factor into this, by the way. I, I understand that. that you know, uh, it's, it's... The arithmetic is not clear. I know I, I've had a lot of tweets and emails since yesterday uh, blaming the carbon tax. Yeah. Uh, it's not entirely clear. So I'll, get, I'll, I'll use BC as an example. BC has had a carbon tax since 2008. And we've been watching uh, the food inflation rate in BC for a decade. We see zero, no evidence that the carbon tax has actually had an impact on food prices at retail, at least not yet. Now, that's at $50 a ton. Uh, there are some discussions around uh, perhaps a $210 a ton uh, tax uh, to, to allow Canada to match uh, its Paris uh, agreement targets. Yeah, that would be a different ball game, I would say, because uh, if you are to quadruple the current carbon tax, say from fifty to the to hundred ten dollars, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there would be an impact. And that's instructive, because as you know, we're having the, that debate here in Ontario. It was just instituted, of course, earlier this year, uh, much to the chagrin of the of the, uh, the Ford government here. But uh, uh, there's always, you know, we're hearing these points about how it's going to impact this and this and this and that. And, and it's instructive to actually look at a place that's already had it in place for about the last six, seven years uh, and, and get a readout on that. And uh, you're right, though. I mean, inevitably, that's going to increase as well when the carbon pricing increases. But there are other pl- things at play here as well. It, when we, it, It's a matter, I guess, we have to be more judicious, I guess and just shop. And, and I'm, as I mentioned at the beginning of our conversation, I'm even starting to do that. Uh, you know, instead of just running in and saying, okay, I want to get this, I'll just go and buy what the first thing. You do look at prices now. And I see yeah. when I go to the grocery store, Sylvain, I mean, I'm, I'm one of a lot of whole bunch of people that have got their phone out there and they're, here's the list. Okay, I better get this. No, not that one. It has to be this brand because it's cheaper. We're looking for those bargains now. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, and uh, I think we you, you just need to strategize a little bit more and, and be clear in, in terms of what you, what you need. The other thing, of course, that you need to keep in mind is as you walk out of the grocery store, if you look at your cart or bags that you're carrying, take 38% of what you're carrying and throw it in the garbage. That's basically how much we waste on <laughs> average. Every single time we visit the grocery store, we're buying too much food, basically. Or we don't manage our inventories well at home. Uh, or we over uh, we uh, we overanalyze our needs, I guess, as we go through the grocery store. If you're a little bit more careful, if you bring down that 38 percent to say 20 percent, you can save a lot of money. Well, yeah, and how many times have we looked at something in the back of the fridge and say, "Gee, when did I buy that?" But it, or maybe more importantly, why did you buy that if you didn't have? Well, a, if it if it if it walks out on its own, <laughs> then you'll know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, this is uh, listen. Where can people get the information? Is this up online? Yeah, it's up online on our uh, website. So you just go to uh, uh, www.dal.ca and you'll end up. Uh, you'll be able to find the uh, Agri Food Analytics Lab website, and uh, the report is right there, along with Canada's food price report, which was released two weeks ago. Excellent. Oh, listen, I got one question here for you. I just got an email from one of our listeners who's listening to the conversation here. Uh, and uh, ask if you've got much responsible people that use flyers before they go shopping. Uh, if they, if if it's okay to use flyers before going yeah, shopping, are, are more people doing that? That's the well, uh, Joe. Oh, Joe is his name. 
Oh, absolutely. Uh, it is it is common practice, and the the problem that uh, that a lot of uh, grocers are facing right now is that we're seeing provinces trying to cut back on the use of paper. Yeah. So uh, so anybody out there trying to use uh, flyers, you may want to get used to digital flyers instead of the actual paper version because I think they're on their way out. Yeah, I've seen. I noticed that too. I mean, if you know, if you want to see what's going on at Sobeys and what the specials are, just you know, just Google Sobeys, and the flyers usually they're on the page now, isn't it? Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised. So Quebec, right next door to you guys, they're actually going to be using an opt-in sort of policy for flyers. So you you would actually have, go on a website, and if you want flyers delivered to your door, you would have to opt in instead of opting out. So grocers are concerned about that for sure. I wouldn't be surprised one day if Ontario does the same thing. And so you just just want to get used to going online and, and, and use apps that actually get all the flyers in one space so you can actually compare prices from one grocer to another. Great idea. Sylvain, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for the time today. Great talking with you. Oh, Merry Christmas to you guys. And to you too, Sylvain. Sylvain Charlebois, of course, lead researcher and a professor at Dalhousie University. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.